Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Movember Radio. I'm Osher Ginsberg. This is a weekly podcast about men's health and the issues that men face today. Movember is a community, a worldwide community of over 5 million men and women who are passionate about changing the face of men's health. And each week we speak with someone from that community. If you'd like to get this podcast in your phone each and every week, just subscribe in the podcast app of your choice. Find us on SoundCloud, MovemberRadio.com or search Movember in Facebook. This week's guest is Lance Armstrong. Yes, Lance Armstrong. Armstrong. He's a father, a cancer survivor, and a cyclist. He's also a man living with the consequences of actions that he took during his cycling career, actions which led him to be stripped of his seven consecutive Tour de France victories. Lance and the Livestrong Foundation have worked closely with Movember for some time now. So when Movember co-founder and CEO Adam Garoni approached Lance about being on Movember Radio, well, Lance agreed as long as it was Adam that did the interview. So before we get to that conversation, a conversation which is honest, deep, revealing, a conversation about the tough stuff, a conversation about living life when big things have happened in your past that you're living with, I just want to quickly catch up with Adam to put a bit more context around what you're about to hear. Well, firstly, hello, Adam. How are you? I'm good, Usher. I'm really good, mate. How are you? I'm okay. You're talking to us from the Movember headquarters in beautiful downtown Culver City, Los Angeles, California. Um, but recently, you uh, got on a plane and headed to Austin, didn't you? Yeah, it was, it was really interesting. You know, when you, know, you and I really came up with the idea of um, Movember Radio, and it was all about getting men talking about the big stuff going in their life because we don't do that. And when we launched it back in June, um, one guy that came to mind that I thought would have a really interesting perspective on this was Lance Armstrong. And we've partnered with him with the Livestrong Foundation since 2009. So over the course of that partnership, uh, I'd met Lance a few times. And I was just most interested to hear from Lance how he coped with and handled the world turning against him after the Oprah interview. I don't think anyone listening to this could possibly, we've all done things that we've come to, you know, gone, oh, I'm going to have to live with that one. But none of us possibly could have done something on the scope of what Lance has had to 
live through. There's a couple of things you can't take away from Lance. One is he's a cancer survivor and he has been an inspiration for so many cancer patients and survivors. And he's also a father. He's also a son. He's also a partner with with his girlfriend. And that's all real stuff. And yes, he brought this upon himself. And, and he is the first to admit that and acknowledge that. But you know, as a human, like to have the world turn against you, to have the foundation that you started taken away from you, that uh, it, it's really big stuff. It's really interesting. I met with Lance at his house and um, it's quite funny. I, I turned up at the address and I brought an audio guy along and uh, his daughter was having a birthday and she had a jumping castle on and was dressed up as a princess and I sort of had a bit of a standoff with her in the in the driveway because she's looking at me, I'm looking at her going, I'm not sure this is the right place. And I heard her running into the house going, Dad, Dad, there's a strange guy with a moustache looking at me. And uh, <laughs> so it was a bit of a nice break. But what, what was really interesting, I think this really brings home why we did this interview, is that Ben, the audio guy, super f- professional, was sitting in the background tuning all the equipment and making sure the sound was good. And uh, as we wrapped the interview, we were just hanging out with Lance. We took a couple of photos and, and Ben said to Lance, he goes, he'd always wanted to meet Lance and he said he was a testicular cancer survivor and he drew the inspiration to battle through chemo and surgery and life after that um, because of Lance and what he'd gone through as a, uh, a, a cancer survivor. And I've seen Lance's work in the community and the inspiration that he does provide so many people. And I I thought they just brought it home and made it absolutely real. And, you know, this guy, Ben, dropped me back at the hotel. And and on the way back, he said, listen, I know it was really unprofessional. I should have just been in the background and silent. But I've always wanted to thank him for the inspiration that he gave me through one of his toughest times in his life. Leading up to the interview, I mean, Lance was very particular that you did the interview. Why was that? It was because I've known him, you know, for probably four years now. When I, when I say that, I've hung out with him a, a number of times. And the one thing that we have in common is we've, we've both started foundations and, and he started the Lance Armstrong Foundation now, Live Strong, and, you know, myself with, with my brother and, and two mates started the Movember Foundation. And... Um, we, we have that in common, that we, we serve people you know, going through cancer and, and, in our case, other stuff as well. And we wanted to do it in person. I think, you know, as you know, that, that makes such a fundamental difference when you're sitting across a table, being able to have that, that real chat. I'm pretty sure everybody has seen the Oprah interview or seen parts of the Oprah interview. It made the news all over the world. What was it like to sit across from him? Was he an intense guy? I mean, I've read both his books. He, he comes across as a, a pretty focused human being, even in the room. To have gone on to do what he did, you, you have to be intense. And I, again, have, have met him a number of times over the years. And, and you could tell he was a changed man. He was a humbled man. You know, he knew that w- what he did has is, is impacted so many people and that, you know, he is devoting his life now to making as right as possible um, that to, to so many people. So it was really interesting to, to be in the room. But, you know, we had a really 
good, genuine chat. Obviously, got edited down um, a bit, but you know, we we were chatting for an hour or so, and and could have gone on. And so much of why we started Movember Radio is drawn out in this discussion because th- this is it. No matter what you do in your life and what's going on in your life, we as guys just need to talk about it. Yeah, the, the world turned against Lance, and 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 rightly him handling this and as a dad and the impact on his family is is really quite interesting you know in our society we're very so quick to go he did this he made me feel angry therefore he's dead to me and never think that there's a little girl with a jumping castle that possibly doesn't know all about this stuff she's just her dad right we might not consider that well once we've finished feeling angry and feeling righteous about whatever happened He's still got to get up in the morning. He's still got to go to the supermarket. People will still look at him and he'll go, yeah, yes, it's me. Yes, I did. Yep, that's right. Can I please have my milk now? You know, he's got to live the rest of his life like that. And that we were able to talk to him about what it is to go through life like this and to deal with this situation. I mean, there'd be a lot of people listening who, nothing of that scope, I'm sure, but have things in their past that they are living with every day, things that they've done that they're not proud of and they're living with it every day. And that we got to talk to someone who did it at such scale, in my opinion, I think it's important to have compassion for folks like this who've made a mistake, shown genuine acts of contrition and then have to, you know, have to kind of carry on. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, a burden um, that, you know, he he will live with for the rest of his days. And um, it, it is very interesting. And, you know, all of us have fucked up. And, um, you know, we do that from time to time. The Dom Purcell interview that you did, you know, he, Dom was quite open around yeah. him, him stuffing up on a daily basis and that we're <laughs> not perfect as human beings but that we learn from it and that we do make amends. And, um, you know, sitting across the table, I could, you know, sense that that was how Lance wanted to you know, live the rest of his life. He's, he's trying to make amends, and I'm, and I know, no, it's it's why he wanted to have the chat on November radio. Lance does have a community of of men around him, close men that he can kind of hang out with, because you get the sense that what happened in his life might have isolated him quite a bit. Yeah, you know, he he made the comment, you know, that he soon knew who was one on his team. Oh, oh, my heart breaks. Oh, you know, he sort of went from hero to zero, and and you know, a lot of people. Um, dropped him and 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 he said that you know that was on the one hand tough to deal with but it was so reassuring to know who was on his team and he had a team that was close by with him so you know and again no matter what we do in our life you know that that is so important or what's going on in our life that there are just knowing that there are people there for us and and it's so important to reach out when we need to as well and not be afraid to put up a hand and go, hey, I need some help. And, you know, and that, that was not what Lance said, but I'm, I'm just reflecting on, you know, some of the yeah. take, takeouts from the conversation that, you know, you start, and this is why we do Movember Radio is to draw out through these experiences, what are the takeouts for you and I? Yeah. Takeouts are always that, yeah, we have a crew around us and that they are willing to help and, and we need to look out for our mates and our buddies a little bit better and be there for them. I'm really grateful that we've got this conversation out in the open and that we are, uh, you know, we're able to do it. And look, to be honest, he hasn't talked like this since Oprah, has he? No, he, he mentioned that. And, you know, we, we dove into some stuff that um, was really interesting. It was, you know, his family, both his kids, his partner, his mum, the impact there and, and then his mates and, you know, how he, you know, handles with, with the pressure and, and this stuff. And I, I asked him, it's like, you know, what was tougher? going through cancer or going through the mayhem that 
um, was created after the Oprah interview and that confession. And um, he thought about it for a minute, but he said, you know, that the mayhem was was brought down. And he goes, and it's not going away. This is you know, still stuff going on. Well, I'm really grateful we can do this. I guess where we're we going, we're going to Austin, Texas, aren't we? Yes, we are. We're going to Austin, Texas on the birthday day of one of his five kids. <laughs> uh, a sit-down conversation with Adam Garani, CEO and co-founder of Movember, and Mr. Lance Armstrong. When all this, you know, stuff came out and, you know, the turmoil that went on to yeah. that and, yeah. you know, I can only assume that was all encompassing, you know, it affected your family and yeah. you obviously, like, how did you, how did you cope with that? Like, how did you escape <laughs> or keep some sense of, you know, wellness going on in your mind? Yeah, I mean, we just, I mean, I, I, I life got a lot simpler. Right. Um, you know, all the sponsors and supporters fled, the foundation fled. Mm. And so my list of responsibilities on a daily or weekly or monthly or yearly basis went to basically to zero. I mean, right. my, my responsibilities then went to one of three or four things. One of uh, just trying to raise my family as best as I can and, and help them navigate the stuff that I'm going through, which in, in turn is what they're going through. Right. Um, and then I had to manage and spend a bunch of time with lawyers because I got sued left, right, and center. Mm. Uh, and then I, I, I continued to focus on fitness and wellness. Mm. And, I mean, that was always a place where I could go and and <clears throat> whether it's a long bike ride, a yeah, long run, or just, just still on the bike or did no, you no, want to get away yeah, less or? riding. I mean, the yeah. whole I think the whole experience changed my relationship with the bike too. Yeah, sure. And so I, I, I run more, I swim more. I'll, you know, or if, if I'm in Colorado in the summer, I'll do long, long hikes and yeah. just, just um, and then I guess in the summer I, I, I would ride a mountain bike, but the road bike itself is, is yeah. very, very rarely used. I saw on Twitter um, you're uh, out motor, motocross riding with your uh, yeah. with some buddies. I. I grew up uh, with, with motorbikes with my brother, who was one of the other guys that started Movember. And uh, there's nothing quite like being in your helmet by yourself, just it's focus on the track. Yeah. And then you stop, you get your buddies, and you know, yeah. whether it's overnight, campfire, like, yeah. was that a bit of a you know, release and, and you know, a way to get away? And, yeah, and so we do, yeah, I mean, I'll, in, in, we live in Aspen in the summer, and all of that land behind, you know, really from Aspen to Crested Butte or even deeper, is all public land. That's none of that's private. So that's all what we call BLM land, and you can access all of that. I mean, millions and millions of acres. And so you could do a day trip over to Crested Butte, up over Star Pass, which is at the peak is thir- almost thirteen thousand feet. Right. I mean, the only way you could ever get there would be on a dirt bike, on a horse, oh, wow. a helicopter. I guess you could walk up there, take you forever. Yeah. But just so remote, and you're standing, you're in a place, and you're just looking around, and, and, and just very few human beings have ever yeah. been there, because like, yeah, right. you just can't get there. And so you're standing there going, holy shit, I mean, this is, and, and super hard, like that type of riding, I don't know what kind you guys did, yeah. but super technical. Oh, yeah. And you're just, you know, obviously you're at 13,000 foot elevation, so you're working, so I mean, you take your helmet off, and you're just soaked, and then... Yeah. You drop down, have lunch in Crusty Butte, come back Pearl Pass, which is also really gnarly yeah. technical. And then we'll do longer trips. We'll take, we'll go, uh, we do a, we do a three day uh-huh. trip that goes from Aspen to Telluride, all uh-huh. backcountry. Uh-huh. Takes ten hours to get there. It's two hundred miles, and wow. you're just and, and a lot of it's 
technical like that, but other parts you're just, you know, maybe on uh, dirt roads or, or, you know, fire roads where it's just, you, you can really just kind of just take it all in and yeah, I, I mean, love it, man. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so do I. It's like you're absolutely focused yeah, and you don't on... Have to, and you don't have to pedal. Yeah, <laughs> particularly up a hill. <laughs> it's quite amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Right. What's it like being out in the, uh, in the public and, you know, what are people asking you and, and, mm. and saying to you? You know, people are um, always cool. I mean, I've never, that I can remember, I've never had a... a a negative interaction or or a, or a confrontational interaction, oh. and my life is is probably more public now than it was in terms of being out in the public than it yeah, was sure. before because just traveling and just being in airports and um, I try to be as calm about those things as I can and and people like I said people are cool I think our society now has so many avenues or. Uh, platforms for people to be uncool, right? And maybe right. rightfully so, they should be uncool to me. But mm. we see it a lot. I mean, Mark handles the Facebook account for right. me, but uh, the difference between Twitter and Facebook, yeah, is is night and day, right? But you can also use it uh, for good, and so mm. it just is what it is, and manage them. Um, one thing no one can take away from you is you're a cancer survivor, mm-hmm. and how do you compare the battle? And the journey through, you know, uh, testicular cancer versus the turmoil that was created in 2013 right. and beyond for, for you, right. and then at that stage, your family. Yeah. Well, the disease, although I didn't ask for it and didn't particularly like getting it and dealing with it, um, was such good preparation, even though it was a long time. It was almost 19 years ago now. Yeah, right. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's still something that I remember well, and I mean, as, as uh, I mean, I'm in the situation that I'm in because of my own mistakes that I made. But nonetheless, I have to deal with it. And so, um, having been through an experience like I went through 20 years ago with the disease and, and sort of flipping a coin on your life or death, um, it it helps deal with situations like I'm, I mean, look, I mean, I could look at this thing and most people might say, this is the worst and I can't believe this is happening mm. and what am I going to do? And I mean, I look at it and go, okay, yeah, this completely sucks, yeah. uh, but I've seen worse. Yeah. And so my sense of perspective is maybe it is and would be different than, than anybody else in this position. All right. So um, with, with, you know, a cancer diagnosis or a trauma like this, there's always some sort of silver lining. There's always something you you go, all right, this mm-hmm. is this has made me or my life um, a bit better, give me a different perspective or something like that. What, you know, is that the case yet or? For me, the, the silver lining may not be the right way to say it, but I, I think one of the most, most interesting things is, that, I mean, anybody that would have been in any situation that was any, you know, whether it's a diagnosis or whether it's a, a failed business mm-hmm. or whether it's, mm-hmm you know, a fall from grace, whatever, you, you find out real quick who's on the team. Yeah, because it is really interesting when the chips are down and, and stuff's not going your way, right. how quickly things yeah. change and you sort of go from hero to zero. Right. And I'm always, I've always been of the camp that, because I have a lot of friends that are in the public eye or have public businesses or whatever, and you, you know, you might not have talked to them in a year. Hmm. But there'll be something in the newspaper, or you'll see it online. Something that that, that they're going through, right? And 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 isn't fun for them. And man, I'm always like, well, fuck it. Let's pick up the phone. Let's yeah, check on. Just chat. 
Like, <clears throat> hey, just wanted to or, you know, fire off a text or an email, like, hey, thinking about, I saw this and thinking about you. Yeah, and it's one of the biggest issues that men face with their health. And, you know, at the Movember Foundation, we, we fund prostate and testicular cancer research and support programs, but another big area for us around mental health. And three out of four suicides are men. Right. So in America, on any given day, 80 men a day take their life. And one of the biggest issues is that we just don't talk about the tough shit. Like right. we, we don't reach out to our body and, and vice versa. Right. You know, when, when stuff is, is going bad. So how important was that, you know, ability for you to, 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 to call your buddies, but also the inbound as well? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, that's always good. I mean, I, I don't, I'm, I, I'm not the type of person that sits around and goes, the, the sort of woe is me, this is a terrible day, I hope somebody calls and checks on me. But it's, right. people surprise you, you know, and that's, uh, that's always cool. Um, yeah. But you're right, man, men, men are totally lame when it comes to, I mean, they're just wimps when it comes to, to being honest and transparent and direct about that. Yeah. It must have been really, really hard for your family. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm going to be bored into this. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you how did you deal with that as as a as a father and and as a a partner? Were there some practical things you try to do? Did you sit them down or? Get away. Um, you know, there's, I mean, it's been three and a half years, more or less. Um, so Luke was, you know, not even 13. The girls were around 10. I don't know if it's luck or if it speaks to the schools here in, in, in Austin or just the community in Austin. People were very supportive. And, and, and there were, you know, that I heard of, there were no incidents where you know, there was name calling or, or you know, something scribbled on their locker. Or, I mean, yeah. we we're, were super lucky there that, that the kids uh, navigated that pretty good, it seems. Yeah. Um, but, you, you know, we, and I probably, you know, I mean, I just, this is just the way that it worked out, but I sat with Oprah and talked about those things without having ever, I mean, I, in hindsight, I should have sat down with all of the kids and had that raw conversation before right. I had a raw conversation with her. So was that the when that aired? Was that the first time that yes. the kids right? Yeah, home? because and they had never asked me that. Question. They had never come to me directly and said, "Hey, uh, you know," because now all these kids they Google everything. You know, right. I googled my dad, and, and yeah. is this true? 
Right. Um, and, and that would have been a, put me in a tough spot because as a, with you know, the 10 year old girl or a 13 year old boy, I mean, it, you don't tell anybody in the world, right? The, 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 the real answer mm. and you can't, I mean, to, to burden them with that truth, quote unquote, would have been pretty gnarly for a, for a 10 year old or a 13 year old. Yeah. To, so. to get their head around. Has it given you a different perspective on the importance of family? I mean, <clears throat> I think one of the things you said before was you have more time to spend with them now, which, right. which must be a wonderful, yep. wonderful side effect. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, they're they're. I mean, and we have we have five kids. I mean, so there's yeah. two of them live here with us full time with Ann and I. We have a six year old and a five year old, and then Luke, Grace, and Isabel go between me and Kristen's house, mm-hmm. which is just five minutes away. Right. So, and then we do a ton of stuff. The the neat the neatest part of our family, I think, is is the fact that Anna and Kristen are very close. The kids are completely integrated. And the kids, with my younger kids, with, with Kristen, my ex-wife, I mean, they're like, she's like an aunt to them. So mm-hmm. the, the way this all fits together is, is kind of surreal. I mean, yeah. I'm super lucky there that, right. that Kristen was so cool. And, um, and, and, you know, speaking to her, I mean, I think she was... Very helpful when it came to because the kids are with my older children are with her more than they're over here. Yeah, and so she could have handled that a number of ways, but she she handled it amazingly when it came to talking to the kids. And I mean, obviously, we were married at the time, so I mean, she was my wife when I was went in tours. <clears throat> but she's been great helping manage that with them too. Yeah, and I know you were really close with your mom, and uh, how did. You know, 2013 again, all that stuff. Like, how did how did that roll with her, and and how is she? She she's good. She she's so funny. She doesn't ever talk about anything, you know. And so this was kind of the same thing. She never. I mean, she wore like she, my mom will read, right? What's in the paper or what's online or, you know, the postal service wants a hundred million dollars. Like she'll see that and be like, oh my god, what's going to happen to my son? Right. But she, she's not one of these people that has any interest with anything in our lives. I mean, we've had sort of some fucked up lives. Yeah. She's not one of these people that, that wants to go back and talk about 10 years ago or 20 years ago or three years ago. She's just like, uh-uh, what, do, what are we doing tomorrow? And let's focus on that. Yeah. <clears throat> Mums, uh, they're amazing people. Yeah. Amazing. And she's got, life. she's so busy with, I mean, she's got, obviously I have my five kids. She's married. They've been, her and Ed have been married for 10 plus years. They've got, he had, he has three kids that have, what is she up to now? So she's got about, she's got 12 grandkids. Wow. So on average, that's one birthday a month. Yeah. So she's, <laughs> she's full on into grandma mode and it's a wild story how, how they met. Because we were on, I swam when I, I grew up as a swimmer, right. and I swam with the Kelly kids, these Megan, Mike, and 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 uh, Maureen, and they were on my team. They were on my swim team growing up, and their dad was Ed, and the mom was Peggy, and Peggy gets breast cancer, mm. oh. um, and then she got better. Well, we know this story, right? She gets better, gets worse, gets better, and then ultimately gets worse and passes away. And so, ten or fifteen years ago, my old swim coach said set them up on a blind date. Oh, wow. So they go out, been together ever since, and these kids that I grew up with as my teammates 
are now my step siblings. <laughs> so it's, it's the wildest, and they're just yeah. as happy as could be. Are they, they also living, living around Austin? Or? They live in Dallas. Right. My mom and Ed live in Dallas. Two of his kids live in Dallas, and then one of them lives out in the Bay Area. Yeah. So I, I wanted to um, talk now about the foundation yep. the, that you started, the Lance yep. Armstrong Foundation, now Live Strong. So as a co-founder and a guy that started our own foundation, yep. um, you know, I get, I've been asked this a million times, so sorry, but I think it'd be good just for everyone, just a real quick potted sort of history behind the Lance Armstrong Foundation. And then I just wanted to talk a little bit more about, you know, your work in the cancer world and, right. and things like that. But yep. maybe just set it up with, you know, the, the quick history. Yeah. And sorry to do that, I know you've been asked no, a no, 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 that's times. fine. No, because it's, it's nice to talk about it because I think the... I think the history of the foundation has has been people have attempted to rewrite that history. Yeah. Um, but so, so I was diagnosed in '96, late '96, and we immediately started working on starting something, right? Yeah. And so we just being me and a group of friends sitting around. A, and that that was because there was really nothing at that time. Well, I, I don't know if there was. Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, there was nothing, but I didn't know if there was or wasn't. Right. I just knew that I was in this position. And I had, I mean, it wasn't as if I had won seven tours at that point. I'd won the world championships. I had, you know, had some success domestically mm. and some internationally. But there was enough of a following that I thought, okay, if I can just, if I can just rally some support. So we'll do a bike ride here in Austin. And we'll try mm. to get people out. We'll have a mm. registration fee, and we'll. And that's that was the ride for the roses. That was the original ride for the roses. Which is, which is but the ride right. for the roses existed before <laughs> I got sick. Oh, right, I used okay. to sponsor a local ride. Um, I mean, this is the true, true story of the ride, for, the name "Ride for the Roses." I mean, uh, those early, in early '90s, I would sponsor a ride on Valentine's Day or Valentine's oh, okay. Day weekend, and it was on a classic old loop that went out around Lake Travis called the Marble Falls Loop. Very hard loop, very hilly, uh, and the winner would get two dozen roses to give to their to their sweetie. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so it got called the Ride for the Roses, and then I then I was diagnosed, so then we just used that name for those original. For the original fundraising ride, the ride right. for the roses, and so that was that was the first that was kind of the birth of in, diagnosed in '96. We became a formal legal nonprofit in '97, mm. and then start doing the ride for the roses all those years, <clears throat> and then comes '99. Then comes mm. the first tour, and it just every year, as you can imagine, from '99 all the way through '05, it just built and built and built. We as a young organization were trying to. You know, obviously trying to manage that growth and not, mm. I mean, the thing was a complete rocket ship, especially yeah. when the yellow band came along. And that, when was, that was early 2000. That was 2004. Right. The yellow band was 2004. Yeah. But the thing that I think is, speaking to what I just said a minute ago, the, the, the people, I think people's perception is that, that I had won a couple of these tours, I knew what I was up to, right. or, or a group of us knew what I was up to, and somebody said, hey man, you better do something good. Because, right, so because, sort of yeah, to offset. Your, I mean, you're being yeah. a dick to a lot of people, and you're, you know, you're doing this to win the race. Da 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 da. da. So let's try to let's try to balance this out. Yeah. But that wasn't. I mean, this organization started way, way, way. I mean, it started what is it, two or three years before there was ever the first tour victory, and it just started as organically as it came around a dinner table at a Tex-Mex place here in Austin. So was, similar to November, a few beers. Yeah, just that's right. <laughs> Right, and we a few bees, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was the birth of it. And then, and again, when we when Nike brought the idea of the yellow band to us, I mean, that was no, no matter what growth we had experienced before that, which was 
astronomical. Mm. You know, to, to have, number one, to have a brand that was literally created overnight. Yeah. Um, to have $80 million come into the coffers uh, within a couple years. Mm. And then to start this global phenomenon of wristbands, all colors and causes, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, it was, <clears throat> it was a wild ride. Mm. You invest so much energy and emotional energy into this. And, you know, I've, I've been with you previously and, and the time you spend with every cancer person, mm-hmm. they're, you know, serious conversation. You have to be absolutely present. You go from one to the next to the next right. at, at, at these events. You know, and when all this was going down, I, you know, I couldn't even contemplate if someone came to me and said, you can no longer be part of the Movember Foundation, mm-hmm. this organization that you created. Um, I mean, was that the, the, the biggest blow? Yeah, I mean, well, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, by far, I mean, by far. Um, I, I know that, that I'm well aware that my situation was uh, a tremendous blow to a lot of people, mm. to, to, to their positions that they had taken in their communities when it came to me. And, and, and the sense of betrayal for almost everybody was tremendous. Right. It was like what I said before. It's just, they, no one can take away the fact that you're a cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. And um, similarly, that you started this organization that... We, as in the Movember Foundation, partnered with and, and still do from 2008, I yeah. think, um, funding the navigation services and other stuff, doing tremendous work. I mean, to, to see those sponsors that you brought into the organisation then go, which which ultimately impacts the amount of programs right. and initiatives yeah. that yeah, affect... Yeah, but you knew, we knew they, you, you, have, you would have to know that they were going to leave. Right. You know, we, their answer was, well, these sponsors... Really, you know, they want us to cut ties, and, mm. and you know, our response was, well, "You know, they're going to leave, right? Regard with or without me, they're leaving." It was a ton of work to build that organization, and, yeah. and this wasn't this wasn't the kind of thing that that was started after I had success. It was started before, so it was very personal to me, and it wasn't the kind of thing that I asked others to go build and let me know when the press conference is, so I can show up and take a right. bunch of credit. The position that I'm in now, I can't insert myself or force myself on anybody, right? right? I'm like. People aren't at that point right now, or yeah. yet, or ever. Will mm. will they be? Um, but if they are, if they say, "Hey, you know, can you reach out, or can you go to the children's hospital?" Or mm. absolutely. Mm. And so that that's man. I'm sort of content, not sort of content. I am content with that. Before all this goes down, life was like a hundred miles an hour. You know, then everything happens. The, my situation changes drastically, and life goes to like ten miles an hour. And so it it's feels like it's gradually picking up. I mean, we might be, you know, 55 is the speed limit. I mean, we might be doing 25 now or 30. Uh, so it, it, it's, it's good, but um, neither was... It's nice to have, as, as rough as this has been on all of us, it's nice to have a simple life. So, I mean, my life kind of consists of... I'm like an Uber driver for my kids. I've got five kids in four different what, schools. Do you know what your rating is? Like, do they rate you after every ride? Like, That's a good question. I'm going to I'm gonna have them start doing that. I have one daughter that I can tell you right now, I get one star every time. Right. She just hates my guts. You need to be offering gum and yeah, water nah, and phone charges. You could offer her, you know, I don't know, diamonds every day. She'd give you one star. She's, <laughs> But... um. 
So I, I do a lot. That's why I spend a lot of time with the kids. I've worked like hell on my golf game. Yeah. Yeah. So I love as I can golf. You know, I didn't grow up golfing, so and and that's golf is a hard thing to start in your forties. Yeah. It's. I mean, like my my index is nine now, so I'm nice. It's yeah. okay. I mean, I'm happy with that. And then, uh, man, staying fit, looking to do some, you know, maybe do some more extreme tests next next year. I didn't do, I didn't, I didn't stick on a number this year for anything. But right. I mean, I, part of me wants to go run an ultra. You know, go find right. a hundred mile or to run, or wow. or, mm-hmm. or go find an obstacle course race that that's super challenging. Go try that. Or uh, I mean, I think sixteen would be the year to do that. And then I'm working on some other business stuff that I think I think could be really cool, and right. and in the endurance space, which is a which is a space that's just just blowing up. Right. And yeah. You look at the, the Spartan different races and well, Spartan races and, and Ironmans and I mean just the ultra scene. I mean five years ago in, in in the ultra world, I mean you'd have twenty people on the start line. Now the races sell out. Right. I mean Ironman. Is what it is. It's a it's a global monster. It just sells for eight hundred fifty million dollars. Yeah. Um, so the, you know that <clears throat> I think we discounted the endurance world for a long mm. time, but I don't think we can do that anymore. Mm. And I think that's that's people will will more and more will want to do those events and test themselves and just finish. Yeah. Like it's not most just, of those most ninety nine percent of them just mm. say I just want to finish. Yeah. Get across. They that. might have a time in mind. They might. But nobody's showing up going, I want to win my age. I mean, they, they just yeah. want to finish. They want to have that goal. They want to work towards it, and they want to finish. Yeah. And, and many of those now are team-based as well. Yeah. And it's about the team finishing together. Well, that, that part of it, I mean, anytime you have any kind of team, whether it's a relay or a team event, mm. however it's structured, is so good. For, think about it. For schools, for organizations, for nonprofits, yeah. for just groups of buddies. I mean, you can yeah. build out a team, and then in and around that, because if you in events is I'm sort of giving the idea away now, but uh, but but the key really is on events. I mean, mm. and if you can provide that opportunity to do the you know have the physical challenge, mm. but also you know when it's done, you have this amazing call it a post race party or just the just this right. uh, you know like a Lollapalooza of fitness. I right, mean, imagine right. what that would nobody's doing that mm. necessarily. Mm. So it's it's cool cool stuff, and we'll see. All right, just one last last question. So, if you could if you could pick up the phone to eighteen year old Lance Armstrong, yep, what what advice would you uh, give to him? There are really two big mistakes that I made right. that, that in in the in the in most people's minds, everybody's mind, mm. and that was the doping and the treatment of others. Yep. I think as 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 time goes on. More and more people understand that the doping just was what it was. I mean, it was part of the... it was. It, it really was completely pervasive, right. and you really didn't have a choice. Well, you did have a choice. Your choice was to go home, right. which nobody took that choice. Everybody geared yeah. up and stayed. Mm. Um, but but nobody, all those people that made that first mistake, which now nobody cares about, none of them treated people like shit, right. and nobody, none of them attacked another human being. None of them sued another human being, and I did all those things. So my words to an 18-year-old me would be, you know, I understand you may face some decisions in this sport, but man, don't ever uh, isolate, attack, ostracize, uh, incite 
another yeah. human being because right. it was, the doping isn't, we're not talking about this because I doped. We're talking about all of this because of the way I treat other people. Right. And uh, that's my mistake and, that's, and I own that. And I've, I've spent the last three years trying to make amends with those people. And the amends, and, those, and I mean the amends with, with the people that really got uh, taken on, but the amends with the people that you never, I never even knew. I never, I never attacked them. I never, but the, these are people, and again, it goes back to this word, the most important word in all of this is betrayal. So the people that have a tremendous sense of betrayal, that, that's the walk that I'll walk the rest of my life. Mm. And um, I have to now do that because of, uh, just because of the attitude that I had. And, you know, I didn't have, for whatever reason, I never had that person in my life that, that and I'm not making excuses, but nobody ever tapped me on the shoulder and said, dude. Right. Oh, cool. Like, like if my son right. starts, any of my kids start getting out of line, I mean, I, I stop and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, calm right. down. Stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't ever do that again. Like, somebody just to say... You know, you know, I grew up just sort of as a as a like a wild animal. Like I wasn't. I mean, my mom and I had a, more of a brother sister relationship, and um, and we sort of raised each other. Therefore, I raised myself. But nobody said, "Dude, what I just saw, mm. don't ever do that again." Right. And so it is what it is, and 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 I got to live with that, and uh, and spend the rest of my life trying to make it right. Lance, thanks so much for your time. You bet. Saturday. That was Lance Armstrong. You can find him on Twitter at Lance Armstrong. Like I said, he's a father of five. He's a cancer survivor. He founded Livestrong and he rides bicycles. Very interesting guy. Follow him on Twitter. Follow Garoni on Twitter. He's a good guy. Follow Movember on Twitter while you're at it. If you like this show, you can get us in your phone each and every week. Just subscribe in the podcast app of your choice to Movember Radio. Find us on SoundCloud. Search for Movember on Facebook or catch up with old episodes at MovemberRadio.com. This episode of Movember Radio was a special episode of Movember Radio and it took a few people to put it together. So firstly, thank you to our CEO, Adam Garoni. Thank you very much to Lisa Potter. Audio production was by Joel Woodman, Daryl Misson. Extra production by Molly Heineman and Lavanya Nagendra. Music was by Toe Hider. I'm Washi Ginsberg. You're you. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.